we have created an anonymization layer, which is also AI models that can anonymize the video data in real time, but with different degrees, depending on what you want to do before the data is being stored or even being shared with another entity or is being fed into another AI model for detecting an event. Today, I have with me Anthony, the smart city expert coming out of the US. Brilliant guy, knows everything about sort of like the teleco, everything connected, also building automation, industry 4.0. I mean, everything smart city related, basically. And um, we got in touch because some of you actually reached out on LinkedIn. Yes. Well, what is it that you said? Here's a fantastic opportunity. What do you want to know more about it? We're looking for like pilots, these kind of things, right? I get this, I don't know, 20 times a day maybe, something like that. And then we started talking a little bit. We got technical pretty fast. And it sounds like you've got a really cool technology platform. So without further ado, I'll let you introduce yourself, who you are, a little bit of your background, and then, of course, Natix as a platform. 
Great. Usually that it's the slide will come that we present the team. It's just the next slide. But yeah, our slogan is uh, we would like to go one step closer towards a more conscious city and a more conscious environment. And it happens that we are doing it today using um, edge computer vision, which I will explain in a second what it is. And yeah, let's jump into the team. So today it's me and Omid here, two of the three co-founders of Natix. I studied electrical engineering, wireless communication, few years of uh, experience in R&D projects, especially in the field of IoT, mostly for the automotive industry and for autonomous driving. Then after my studies and after my work, R&D work, I joined PwC, where I was leading basically the Europe's consumer IoT, it included also the automotive uh, part of IoT, and also co-leading the Euro blockchain. And that's actually where I met Omid. So this is uh, one and a half years ago, and probably Omid, you can take over and say the rest sure, of the story. Sure, sure. Yeah, I'm Omid, uh, another co-founder of Natix. Uh, as Ali mentioned, we met in PwC where we were working on multiple projects regarding IoT and uh, blockchain. We're actually everything clicked together, uh, and we thought we can do something regarding edge computing and computer vision. I studied like mathematics and computer science. Of uh, being in this industry, in software industry, like over two, 12 years, and I'm pretty hands-on when it comes to software architecture and distributed system. So, a lot of experience with big data, AI in general, and actually one of the startups we were working, I was working, Lawrence was there, we were doing data-driven video analytics and video advertisement. It is, I think, almost five years ago. Uh, we started together, we built a product and we left at the startup. Since then, Loris was working a lot on AR, VR and AI project as a product owner and project manager. And that's how it is like sort of a glue to our team. I'm more on the software side. Ali is uh, more in uh, regard to IoT and hardware side. Uh, Loris is uh, somebody that defines a product and defines a market and defines mm-hmm. a product market fit. Cool. Yeah, exactly. Perfect team, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I usually start my pitch with uh, a question. If you have honestly experienced such a bad traffic in a city like uh, London or LA, or even some cities in India, which is uh, probably even worse in terms of traffic, how often did you have the pleasure of getting a nice green wave? Not enough, right? So, um, of course, the problem has many different routes, but um, bottom line is that why aren't the cities trying to sense their streets at micro level and make uh, smarter decisions, not just to optimize their transportation, but also for other applications like, you know, public safety and so on. Um, Is it really the infrastructure? Well, I can tell you that cameras, which are only one type of sensor, we will have around 1 billion of them by end of this year, which will produce around 1.6 exabyte of data per day. Is it really the AI? I can also tell you not really, because right now computer vision can detect uh, a large, a wide range of things. So, you know, starting from cars, pedestrians, bicycles, number plate, name it, it can pretty much do it. Well, the problem is actually the way that we are combining and implementing these things together. And this is because me, Omid, and Lawrence, we have worked with this kind of products, both from IoT side and from computer vision side. So we felt these pain points ourselves, and we know exactly why implementation of such a thing together, the way that you're combining it matters so much. So 
Today, actually, if you would like to use cloud computing for computer vision applications, you have this network of cameras, which they're usually connected to the internet using fiber optic cables. By the way, a fun fact that each one of these cameras costs around 25,000 euros to equip with that fiber optic cable, so to make it an IP camera for the city. So if you would like to use computer vision, you have to collect data from this network of cameras, sending it to the cloud, process the data there, and then send the insight back again to the heart of the city where the decision has to be implemented. Well, there are a couple of problems with that. First one is that it's expensive to send this data. You need communication infrastructure, let it be wireline or let it be wireless. The second problem is that internet was not made for transmitting up and down internet pipelines, 1.6 exabyte of data per day. So you would simply clog the internet pipeline. Even if that's not the problem, latency is an issue. So sending the data to the cloud where it's thousands of kilometers away and then waiting for the inside to come back. And another very important uh, problem is the privacy and security of this data. I mean, you have people's faces, you have number plates. So all these kind of sensitive things kind of prevents a lot of companies or even a lot of cities to use these at larger scale. So recently what happened was that with the emergence of chip manufacturing, basically the chips got smaller and they got cheaper so that they could put a lot of these AI chips, which is usually GPU or TPU or FPGA, they could afford to now put these chips on top of the cameras. So part of the problem was actually being solved, and that was that you could actually run a couple of these AI models on top of the camera. But let me give you a little bit of more insight of what actually happened during the process. So at the end of the day, before you can even run an AI model, you have to train it. If you look at building automation per se, right, if you're looking at industry maturity, there are a lot of buildings that aren't connected whatsoever. So going to the cloud in itself is still like, wow, this is what we're going to do. This is the future. My list is definitely, okay, going to the cloud was a hype like 15 years ago or something like that. And now we're moving like more going to the edge or having a hybrid approach. So you're moving, you have a lot of data at the edge, you augment it via the cloud. So you get sort of like the, the whole platform thinking or smart city thinking in understanding the insights or whatever, but the logic is going to be as close to the edge as possible. So, I mean, like just the edge, what is your definition? Yeah, so basically the idea is that you don't want to go to the cloud and you would like to process the data, store the data, process the data, and basically you would like to deal with the data as close to the place as it's being collected or the decision has to be implemented. So uh, that is what we call edge or even fog. The fog was a term introduced, I think, 2011 by Cisco. And then they called it edge, and there are different definitions of of edge and fog, but uh, more or less, basically, the closer proximity to the place that uh, the data is being collected, that is what we call the edge level, edge of the network. Perfect. Yeah, so basically what happened here, as you mentioned, I mean, cloud is not an option right now. If you want to do uh, uh, real-time uh, video analytics with cloud, with AWS, it's going to cost you something between 3,000 to 6,000 euros. I'm talking about, you know, streaming of data. It's just not an option right now on the table. And uh, these solutions that uh, right now, what we call ego or cloud edge computer vision is quite emerging. They're not more than one and a half, two years old that they're out there. Some of them are even newer commercialized solution. So the idea is that I wanted to say what actually happens here is that you need to train the AI models before you can execute them. And for that, you need a lot of computation power and you need a lot of data. So actually what happens at the end of the day is that you still have to send the raw data 
to the clouds, this video data. You train a bunch of uh, models there. And by the way, every model corresponds to a different kind of event detection. One is for number place, one is for human being, human faces. Another one is for counting the number of cars and so on. So you train a bunch of models there and then you ship the models to these cameras for real-time execution. Just note that these models are still optimized to run with minimal computation power. So we are not talking about just any model can run on any camera. But bottom line is that you still have the communication with cloud. You still have to send that extensive data to the cloud. So the current solutions that are out there, many of them are still you know, suffering from wide-scale adoption because that cloud dependency is there. Now, note my word that I'm not saying cloud is bad, but once you have dependency on it, then that's where... Uh, uh, things yeah. can act as a bottleneck. Um, and that is exactly what Natix would like to change to remove that cloud dependency as much as possible. So we are working on our edge agent, which will be uh, running on any of these cameras or technically any edge device that is within the network of the, of the cities here because we're focused on this vertical. And uh, basically what it enables them is that they can be pulled on demand to create ad hoc computing resources, not just to execute the AI models, but also to train them. So here, note that you can do a lot of things. You can exchange data, you can exchange computation power, and you can do data fusion, you can do application fusion. And at the end of the day, you can also do much more complex kind of event detection. So it's not that we just address the problem of training the AI on the cloud. No, it's kind of tapping into a whole new range of applications that we can do that before that we could not do. So that's basically what Natix is all about. And that is what we call opportunistic edge vision. Again, something that is quite interesting, that is one of our USPs, is that we are talking about not the fixed network, right? These cameras, at some point, they might not be available. They might not have uptime. They might not want to be available. They might be shut down or what's so not. They might even be busy. So the whole point is that to create a kind of a solution that is uh, accounting for that network flexibility and dynamicness and is kind of trying to keep the quality of service all the time up. And as a result, actually, you get a much, much cheaper solution because first of all, you don't need that expensive uh, communication infrastructure. And second of all, you're better utilizing the resources within your network before you're scaling to fog or even to cloud level. You are much, much faster because uh, let's talk about the more complex event detection models. You can right now really do them at the edge of your network and you don't have to send the data to the cloud. And another very important thing is the privacy preserving uh, that is embedded by design into our solution. So we are trying to minimize the sensitive data leaving the camera network or the cameras actually. And even if they have to because of the sensor fusion or because of the application fusion, we have created an anonymization layer, which is also AI models that can anonymize the video data in real time, but with different degrees, depending on what you want to do before the data is being stored or even being shared with another entity or is being fed into another AI model for detecting an event. You mentioned before that you had like 25,000 euros to build or to install a camera, right? Yeah. And I think one of the things that I asked was, okay, with your platform that you deploy, you can do that with existing cameras. You turn dumb camera smart or smarter, I guess. Absolutely. Okay, yeah, I have a dumb city that I want to turn into a smart city. And I want to use your Natix platform in order to make sort of like opportunistic edge vision, or at least I'm turning the dumb cameras that I have, like giving them an ability to become smarter in a future-proof way. Yeah. Do you also provide the tools to make this better? 
or is it only, quote unquote, the platform? Is it a data scientist? Is it a developer that works uh, directly with your platform? Uh, are you providing the tools? Or, I mean, I just want to figure Absolutely. out sort of like where you stop and start because uh, I understand that you provide sort of like the platform for everything to happen close Absolutely. to the edge, right? But I'm not, I'm not really sure who's going to so, do it. And if you yeah, um, so basically we are creating, I think Omid can also a- address this, but maybe I can address it from more business point of view rather than deep tech point of view. But at the end of the day, we are creating a framework for people to build computer vision applications. Of course, we are having our implementation approach, which is this opportunistic edge vision, so to say. And we are even providing a first set of dApps, what we call them, because they're kind of similar to the applications from cloud, but they're designed to be executed uh, in a distributed way amongst this uh, pool of edge devices that you have. So the idea is that we will create the first set of dApps ourselves, but bottom line is that uh, it enables the cities and the stakeholders within the cities, which is not just the municipalities, it could be the firefighting department, it could be the police, it could be the public transportation, to easily create these computer vision uh, dApps, and, or not just computer vision, but notification dApps or any, any dApp and kind of execute it and deploy it very easily within the camera network that is available. I can give you one example, is that a firefighting department might want to detect fire But the police department, which is operating a lot of cameras at a certain environment, they don't want to give a stream of data to the firefighting department. So what happens is that with our network, so to say, or with our solution, basically the firefighting department that can create a DAP and then they can just deploy it on the camera that is owned by the police department and they only get a notification so that the event detection model is being executed there and they only get a notification once a fire is being detected. Maybe if that's okay, then they also get a 10 second footage of the accident. So that's like with some sort of a metadata, with location, with time and so on and so forth. Or they just get a notification. So this is what we are really aiming at. And uh, I don't know if I answered your question or was it more towards who will be our customers? Because then we also have a slide for that as well. If I understand you correctly, then so the difference is like if you would go at it today, right? Then you mm-hmm. probably would have like, uh, well, the police department is doing something based on some application that might sit on the cloud or on-prem or whatever. They build something that solves their problems, Right. But it's not sort of like a common shared platform for anything, not really in the sense of a smart city thinking. And then the fire department, they have their own set of problems. They want to get access to this, mm-hmm. this, this. And this also happens in a silo, maybe cloud or whatever. But it's just like That's different true. silos. So you enable the platform, again, looking at it from a digital twin perspective or as a mm-hmm. common shared platform, unified database or whatever for these type of applications. That's, again, like the, the platform that you're enabling. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so you said something about dApps, right? Who's going to do that? Right? It would be the That's data engineers and data scientists that are working, basically. So at the okay. end of the day, neither the police nor the municipalities, they have the insight or the team to really create any computer vision application. That is kind of known out there. So of course, we have a value chain that we have analyzed. So this either comes to the shoulder of a system integrator or the software companies. And these guys have the data engineer team, they have a data science team, and those guys will be kind of using our framework in order to develop uh, applications that could uh, be easily deployed within the network of the cameras that are using Natix. 
of course, to show our capabilities and how the platform works, uh, we need to deploy a wide range of applications ourselves as well. So we build a platform is one set of products that yeah. enables everybody, including us, to develop computer vision application on edge. And uh, for the, like, uh, let's say, first few years, we will be actively uh, working on uh, building computer vision application and to propose it uh, for a different department, different uh, business owner to show them how this can bring value. So we are also uh, active in building, be the data science, the data engineer yeah. that Ali mentioned. So you have someone is building a platform and their go-to-market strategy is basically, again, like we're going to build an app store, so to say, and because the customer wants to use it, we're going to build like the first 10 apps ourselves. That's mm-hmm. what, like I've heard it so many times. And I'm not saying that is wrong, or but I'm saying like, okay, but if you want scalability and like fast user adoption, and in, if the future is going to rely on like your ecosystem, isn't the most important thing to get that going? Or maybe you have thought of that. It's not that I don't understand what you're saying. It's just that I want this Natix platform to be there in every city in the world tomorrow. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the idea. I I see that okay, you can save a lot of money. It's going to help a lot with traffic congestion, all of these kind of things. So like, how do we get there the fastest? What kind of people are required to work on the platform and to create the business value for the customer? That has to be like a local players in every city, right? So you enable the platform, they can work in a standardized way of like creating this uh, dApps and these solutions. I understand what you're saying when you have to create the first ones, but should you do it? I see it all the time. Is there other ways so that you don't have to do it? Yeah, I completely get that. I mean, we're all toward uh, inclusion of other and local businesses and uh, software houses that they can develop this in a local manner because uh, many things is different. You know, application values are different. Uh, people are different. Environment different. So the training data, let's say, also different. But we have a chicken and egg problem as a, a new disruptor, a new platform provider. And the problem is we have to show something and uh, bring the value in, instead of telling them, you know, we have to show them something. And the platform itself is very hard to show to even government people or the business owner. Show them what are the advantages that they can get and how they can leverage the, all the possibilities. And this is why we think minimum set of applications should be out there to show the value and also be a guideline for the future developers to see what we have done, how we have done it and then they can continue from there yeah 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 it's not that i don't understand your approach this is a new technology i would say right or modern technology applied in a smart way that is more future-proof than what has been done before i guess but i wouldn't say that it's a new problem i mean the problem is congestion and the solution is that you can do it faster i guess and it gets deployed somewhere else that leads to better output better outcomes etc etc who are the existing players in this industry? Who are the ones who want to contribute to the city? Which ones are the ones that you are enabling to contribute to the city in an easier way with your platform? There would be this ecosystem of companies that are doing it already. Yeah. And they will be the same guys that will still be able to develop it. But that is uh, basically comes to the point of system integrators and smart cities that they already yeah. have this ecosystem that is building for them. And we are providing the framework. And by the way, that ecosystem that I was just talking about is already yeah. within our value chain, which uh, a lot of it is actually with system integrators. So yeah. let's say that the channel to this ecosystem is system integrators. I mean, we are talking about companies 
companies like IBM. We are talking about companies like Siemens. These guys already have their local offices, but they are there everywhere. You know, most of the big yeah, cities yeah, yeah, that are anything close to smart cities are yeah. asking these guys to operate, to install the cameras, to operate them, to do even any kind of computer vision that you want. It goes through their channel. So yeah. either they do it themselves or if they don't have the capacity, they have a smaller software companies that are developing it exactly. and then they're just kind of deploying it themselves. So yeah. our idea, of course, is, is to focus on these guys. I think we have a first phase that we need to show that our uh, product is fit to the market and we need a couple of pilot projects for that. So mm. we are working with kind of uh, a consortium of a combination of all these guys that you see in this picture. But at the end of the day, the customers that we will have would not even be smart cities, but would be system integrated. Because yeah. believe it or not, most of the applications that are being built for the cities, although they benefit the public or the city itself, but the bills are actually getting paid by the private entities and mostly by these system integrators right now. Yeah. So at the end of the day, I can understand what you're saying, but for us, I think it's not really an open ecosystem. I mean, that's a decision of a city. Yes, they can open it up, but I don't see really that happening, to be honest with you, because of all the security and privacy concerns <laughs> that still you no, no, have. No, 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 no. Well, I'm just saying that, like I would talk to like 20, 30, 50 different companies, again, like building a platform and they're like insisting on building like the first mm-hmm. apps themselves. It's just like yeah. in the way of approaching that. So if, if you're building it together with existing players in the market and you say, okay, let's do a proof of concept. And you utilize the existing players in the value chain and enabling them to do that. So it's not really you doing it. It's just helping them and saying what they're going to do, right? Our startup approach is completely opposite to build a platform and then build a couple of use cases and then put it out there. Correct me if I'm wrong, but our approach is to build a couple of use cases that are valuable to a customer. And of course, they're using our underlying technology and then build a platform from there on. Because as a startup, I mean, let's face it, the good times of ICO where a company was, was getting like 50 million to develop yeah, something yeah. that none of them really delivered was yeah. is gone. So yeah. right now, if you actually want to do this the right way as a startup, you know, with minimal amount of time and effort, you first have to find that uh, product market fit. Yeah. Know, from technical even point of view and from business point of view and then extend it to something like a platform. So yes, the vision is the platform. But so, of course, for the, let's say next, I don't know, nine to 12 months, our, yeah. our priority is to build those pilots and POCs and use cases. Perfect. The future vision is, of course, a platform for everything. The way you go at it is to build value and for a specific use case and showing that that works. Absolutely. Something also interesting that you said, yes, we are building something. We don't really have any smart cities out there. But another entity or target group that we are focusing on is the smart campuses. We are talking about ports, logistics centers. We are talking about production plants because these environments, they can really represent the city. They have all kinds of vehicles, bicycle, lift truck, car, truck, And the kind of use cases that are there, they can really be scaled to a smart city once we have a smart city, so to say, all the building blocks of a smart city. So that's another kind of focus that we're having right now. We are talking to companies, actually. So it's also a B2B. So although, yes, we have as a stakeholder a Jeter, but uh, yeah, a lot of our customers are actually businesses at the end of the day. We have a simple tiered license subscription where uh, we are charging per connected camera a value less than five euro per month. And that is value-based calculation. So it's not just coming out of thin air. And what we are saving per camera is more than 50 euros averaged out. 
And by the way, we are also partnering up with a quite large German camera manufacturer. And they told us that retail or smart city cameras, they're right now costing between 300 to 400 euros. And they did some market research and the customer is willing to pay something like 10% of the price of the camera for the software stack, so to say. So we are well within that range. We know that we are well within that range. We have validated it with our partners. And I think uh, we will have uh, no problem in that sense to be appealing from a pricing point of view. Are there additional costs for other applications that will be on that platform that software developers will develop? We don't have a marketplace yet. They're sure in long run, they're going to pay based on the contract that they have with other software developer companies for the new application. But as I said, our purpose is to have the very good set of application for the first use cases by ourselves. And uh, this is including that price calculation. Anthony, you had a lot of comments and questions that I really would like to hear. So the first question I have was on the parking spot detection opportunity. Does it have the intelligence to be able to look at a map or a visual from the camera and find the parking spots? Or does that have to be customized with one of your engineers looking at that parking lot to designate where the parking spots actually are? We use uh, like machine learning and deep learning to recognize uh, those images or actually do the the parking spot detection and any other object detection. So I can tell you that it's uh, smart to recognize where is the parking space according to the lines that are around the parking spot, the number that might be there or the previous behavior if somebody else parked there so we can flag it as a parking already. And if uh, it moves, so it's a free parking. That's perfect because a lot of cities and companies don't want to have to spend extra time and money having everything customized yeah. uh, because it doesn't have the artificial intelligence built into it or machine learning. Exactly. This is one of the sort of like apps, quotation marks, that you built already. Exactly. To get it to the market, right? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah. perfect. Yes. I agree 100,000 million percent uh, with Anthony. Everyone's got a platform these days which you can do everything on. Azure Edge, AWS Edge, 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 whatever, right? But there are very, very few who's either got applications. So that's where you, I think we had that conversation. You need to have an application mm-hmm. ready to actually get customers Absolutely. or adoption, right? And number two, exactly. the ones that actually have the apps, they don't really have an ecosystem approach in providing the correct tools for others to actually use this. Because they've only, the only thing that they've done is develop them themselves, right? So they don't have that scalability in mind and say, okay, we're going to get like 200 cities tomorrow, thanks to Nicholas and Anthony, that are really interested in our solution. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. oh, shit, how are we going to scale up? Right? Yeah. We have no idea about this. So there are a bunch of uh, things that we focused before because of the you know feedback that we heard and because of the sensitivity of the topic, like anonymization. Yeah. We have right now demos that we can show you that remove faces, identity of cars, and anything that's a different level because everybody was talking before even going to actual use cases. Uh, things like fire detection, parking spot detection, uh, very light object detection to show what is possible. And uh, according yeah. to the feedback we get uh, further, we can even refine them and go to the, the actual Need. With a lot of platforms, whether it's a smart city platform or if it's an IoT platform, a lot of the companies that I've worked with and a lot of the big 
tech giants that have had these platforms. Yeah, they come out with several apps that they may have built in-house first, and then they open their platform for software developers to come out with solutions that solve other problems. And what they do is they promote and they support all the software developers to try to bring them into their platform to develop apps for their platform specifically. And then you guys can then champion and support each app and promote those because the more developers you get developing on your platform will make your platform more enticing for cities to purchase. Definitely, definitely. That's one of the plans we have. Right now, what we are doing, we're, we're seeking for one of the huge system integrators that Ali mentioned. And we want to offer such a such opportunity together with them. For example, Intel has a cloud, a dev cloud platform, only specific for developer that we have access to. And they provide you testbed for yeah. any developer. And if we can build something like that, I mean, of course, it's out of our scope because of, you know, the cost and complexity. Yeah. But together with some system integrator, we really want to go for that. And I think, yeah. as you said, that's a multiplier for future. When it comes to the software developers, they're not going to spend a lot of time and resources developing a ton of apps without any buy-in from a customer. So a lot of times, they'll, they may build one or two, but the best way to go about it that I've seen over the years is to bring software developers in with any of your customers so that they could only build apps when there's a need or when a problem is presented by a city. Hey, if you could solve this for me, then we'll buy your solution. That way they're building based on need. Yeah, absolutely. It goes back to what is the situation, what is the problem, what are the implications, and what do you want? What do you want as a solution? And again, like understanding that part and then say, okay, what do you want? Uh, How it should look like? How much you want to pay for it? which they're happily to answer today, that's where you know that you got to have something. Just doing these kind of things just to show something uh, and hoping for the best, I mean, so to say, right? It could work, but it's definitely to do with customers in mind and in looping them in as early as possible. Absolutely. In terms of the tools required to develop on your platform, super agnostic. It's not really like lock-in and that you have to use your tools, so to say, in order to create value. No, no, not necessarily. Our framework is supposed to have a very good uh, compatibility with the existing tools, such as Docker. Yeah. So if you are, you can develop with any language. You just need to have the sort of a encapsulation thing like Docker. And then yeah. afterward, it's just writing some manifest that able, uh, like makes a platform able to understand what you have there. Okay. And then after that, you know, everything should go easy. Cool. So thanks a lot, guys. And thanks, Anthony. If people are going to find you, how do they find you? On our website, I would say. that's uh, They can email us there or uh, just drop an email to hello at natix.io or find me or Omid on LinkedIn. I mean, our faces would be on the website. Natix, LinkedIn, Natix, uh, Twitter, Natix Medium. So we're pretty active Absolutely. there. Okay, perfect. Thanks a Thank lot. Thank you, guys. For your time, guys.